Hey, welcome back to Taiwan Talk. I'm Alex Lewis. This week I spoke with Callum Porter-Harris and Simon Bialecki from the Holt Prize, the world's largest student competition for social good. They're trying to expand the Holt Prize community here in Taiwan. Currently five universities participate in the competition. Here's my conversation with them. Please enjoy. Callum, Simon, thank you for coming in. How are you guys doing? All good. Yeah, very good today. Thanks. So let's start. You guys are from the Holt Prize Foundation. Could you tell me what the Holt Prize Foundation is? Yeah, sure. So each year we give a million dollars to students to start a for good for profit business. Essentially, it's a platform and we're, we're really just trying to help students to inspire them to build what we call social enterprises. So what is a social enterprise? We know what an enterprise is, right? Mm-hmm. And we kind of know what an NGO is or a nonprofit or a charity. And a social enterprise is somewhere in the middle. You're, you're trying to use business as a way to solve a social problem. Could you give me an example of a social problem? In farming, there's a lot of low-income farmers around the world. And uh, one company that we've started outside of the Holt Prize, actually, is for coconut farmers in Kenya. So coconut farmers, low-income, and they can't get an access to a marketplace. So what we do is we use a, a little bit of technology to give them access to a marketplace so they could sell their coconuts through their phones. And so that's an example of a social enterprise because we're, we're a for-profit business and we're engaging with a low-income community to try and help them. Uh, so let's circle back to the Whole Prize Foundation. What is your function in it? Let's start with you, Callum. Yeah, sure. So I'm, I'm a former finalist. So it's a, it's a competition for, uh, in my year, 20,000 students, and we were in the top six teams so I was a former finalist in 2015 um, and then turned into an employee uh, about six months ago. And my current role is, is global director. I'm essentially managing a number of competitions that we run in 16 cities uh, around the world. And how about you, Simon? Uh, my role is a community director uh, for Taiwan. So basically, I build up a help rise community here. Uh, how did you get involved in this work? So you were just previous participants in the prize. Yeah, so I, I was uh, obviously, I was competing originally, and then, you know, you get to know everybody in the, in the community, and then you, you form relationships, and then I was actually asked to help out um, in one of our competitions, and then that led to the, the job opportunity following that. How about you, Simon? Kind of similar, but not as impressive. So uh, first I participated in my university uh, I didn't manage to win, but uh, in the second year, I was asked to, to lead the organizing committee for Tamkang University, uh, which brought me to Shanghai, where I met Callum. And uh, this summer, I was employed as a community director for Taiwan. So what is your goal for Taiwan? Where do you want to go in the next six months? Uh, so right now, we're kind of launching the community here in Taiwan. We want the schools to cooperate between each other, as well as we want to launch partnerships with outside organizations. Yesterday, we got first partnership with Impact Hub, and we're looking forward to more. That will be the, the target for the next six months. Uh, we want to bring students together, build a network here in Taiwan of student social entrepreneurs, as well as possibly venture capitalists that would be interested in investing in those businesses, uh, just the startup community here in Taiwan, technical mentorship. You just want to build up resources in Taiwan for social entrepreneurs. Basically, we want to give even more opportunity to the students here by providing them with a good network. How many volunteers are working towards this goal? 
At the moment, it's me and the campus directors at the universities. Uh, so I have seven campus directors who are working towards that in their universities. I'm working on the community itself, and Callum is managing a team that takes care of the whole greater China region. If somebody wants to get involved in this, how would one do so? Call me. <laughs> okay. me on Facebook. Uh, so, in general, there are you can uh, you can reach out to to our Facebook pages. There is Hal Price China Facebook page. You can also ask your campus director if you're one from the uh, you're you're from one of the universities that have Hal Price at program. Uh, just reach out the, uh, to the campus director. Tell him you want to help. They'll probably redirect them to me or take them under their wings. So there are ways to get involved, and any involvement is really appreciated. And how are you basing your strategy to build up this this community? Are you basing it off how a community was built in another country, or is this you're just kind of working off of your own experience and knowledge? Well, every country is different, so we cannot depend on other models. Uh, here in Taiwan, we're trying to come up with our own way to approach people. We do so simply by meeting people, just pitching how price, telling them what it is, trying to get them excited about it, showing the opportunity behind it. We just want to attract people to the idea of how price. What's been the hardest part or the most discouraging part of trying to build up this community here in Taiwan? Well, I'm sorry to say that, but there is a big bureaucracy here. So I know that, for example, some campus directors have a tough job at their universities to to be getting support from school. So that that's a challenge. Uh, other than that, there is like a certain hierarchy here in uh, in the society. You don't skip steps. That makes the job tougher too. But we're trying to solve those issues. You are young and you're still in college, so it might be hard to open some doors for yourself to you know get some meetings or maybe even be taken seriously. That's right. Yeah. What's been surprisingly easy about building up the community here? Uh, well, people are actually more willing to help than I expected. Uh, people are really excited to hop on the Hal Price train, especially students, especially the the campus directors. The turnout is great, higher than we expected. We were targeting five schools. We have uh, seven. We actually had applications from nine. So it's it's really really good to see how excited people are about Hal Price, and I understand that because you know, for me it's the third year of involvement and. I'm not planning on quitting anytime soon. So you just mentioned applications. What does a school have to do to to qualify or to apply for the whole price? Mm -hmm. So if you want to bring whole price to your campus before September, uh, you should go to halprice.org. And there, um, basically, on the main website, you have two categories: you have compete or organize. So if you want to organize it at your university, simply click organize. And that puts you to the application form to become a campus director. We may invite you for an interview over Skype. We choose the best uh, candidates to run the programs. It's fairly simple. Okay, very cool. Might be a dumb question, but how big do you want the community to be here? As big as possible. Right. So yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't see a limit how many universities we want to have. We we want to have as many as possible. It's a, it's an idea that should grow. So we have uh, NCCU and TKU like last year. Uh, we also have NTU. We have NTHU, uh, Tsinghua in Xinzhou. We have uh, Donghua in uh, Hualien. We have Kaohsiung Tech. Uh, we have Mintran. 
Yeah, that would be it. How did that expansion come by? So uh, we put some effort into promoting Halprice to those universities. Uh, we just started sending emails. We also used our network, just friends of friends, word of mouth. The word spreads. People also hear about Halprice here in Taiwan because of impact, because of the success of the on-campus competitions. So more and more people want to chip in. How do you put together a business model and how do you pitch it to the whole press foundation? Uh, well, first you need a good team, right? So once you collect a good team that you trust uh, with different skill sets, different, uh, different kinds of people, you start brainstorming. You want to come up with an idea. Based on that idea, then you come up with a solution, right? You find a problem, you find a solution. Then you have to come up with a way to, to do that. Uh, to solve the problem. There are, there are a bunch of uh, tools that you can use. They're really like available on the internet. Uh, we also attend cool workshops like Column Del- Delivers this week. And um, yeah, that helps you. That helps you put your idea into a good framework. Uh, then you have six minutes to present your idea to judges. Then you're, uh, you're facing four minutes uh, Q&A. Judges choose the best teams, and uh, you have a chance to go on to the next stages. In just six minutes and four minutes of Q&A. Yeah. That is tough. So how, how exactly are the winners chosen? Like, What's the rubric that, the, that judges look at? Right. So we're looking for, for three key elements. Uh, the first is like how much um, impact are you having? So are you really changing people's lives for the better? The second is, are you market-driven? And what that means is, is are the people that you're working with, the stakeholders you're trying to help, are they telling you if you're right or wrong? You know, that's very different to, to the traditional charity methodology of, of just, say, giving food. Because as you give, you, they don't, there's no market signal. They're not paying anything. They're not, they're not telling you if they actually want that. And then the third thing is profit-minded. Is this a profitable company? When we look at your financial plans, are they reasonable? Are, they, are you going to make returns? Are you sustainable? So they're the three key elements, and then we break that down into an, actually a scorecard that is used uh, for judges um, to sort of like tick through and give, give scores out of five um, and try and keep rank. But then, of course, this is early stage, student-based, idea-based quite often with a bit of piloting and maybe a prototype. So again, we have to draw upon you know seasoned entrepreneurs that can identify great teams and can identify an idea with potential that can go the long distance. And so that's that's why we have so many rounds of competition that we're screening through to try and then eventually find the very best. Who's passing judgment? So when we when we look at community, right, and Whole Prize is a platform. So on the left hand side you've got all these students, they want to compete, they have ideas. Right hand side, this is our judges, our our, our mentors. So it could be a Seasoned entrepreneur, run three or four companies, could be a CEO of a or a managing director of a big corporation. So we pull in like uh, a lot of um, consultants, managing directors at say or partners at PwC, for example. Then then you're also looking at the investor network. So what happened in the investor network over the last five years is a lot of people started calling themselves impact investors. So they're looking for these kind of companies that we're talking about today. So we pull them in as well. And then you've got to pull in a few government people. And so it's, you essentially get this very broad range of um, different views and eyes on what it is to change the world and make the world better. 
not just the capitalists on the left-hand side. You've also got the, the, the NGO workers or the government workers on the right-hand side coming together to form this panel. Yeah, to get a more holistic perspective. Exactly, because you, when, when you're looking at these infrastructures, you need to think like a government mind at sometimes on how does all these different infrastructures of education, water services, healthcare, how does that all play in together to form this big economy? And then you've also got to look at it as, a, as an investor. Well, do these numbers make sense? Are you making returns? Is this feasible, for example? And then so you get all these different kind of questions. And that's exciting because then the teams themselves, they, they, they have to actually validate a lot. They have to pilot. They have to build prototypes. They have to you know, be ready for those different questions. For example, they've talked to all the right people. They've got the right answers. They've tested their product with the, with the community that they want to help and that they've proven that it, it works. And that's how you become a good team and, and, and become successful essentially in the competition. Having different judges helps to make sure the teams are getting tested from all the different angles. So then if you do win or if you do uh, advance, what does the Hope Prize Foundation provide the winners? If you become the grand champion, there's the million dollars seed capital to start your social enterprise. But along the way, we do a lot of training and workshops uh, and also mentorship networks. And this year is pretty exciting. So this summer, we're going to have 50 teams, like the 50 best teams in the Hope Prize fly to the UK and we we're all going to live in a castle for eight weeks together. So whilst we're in this castle in the UK, 50 teams from around the world, it'll be like the United Nations. You literally have teams from every continent all talking about how they want to change the world and uh, coming together within our mentorship network to sort of get that training. And hopefully that's also going to lead to a lot of access to capital outside of just our $1 million because we're going to be flying in other investors to, to kind of listen to these pitches and see where they want to put their money. When is the actual presentations and when do we find out the grand champion of the prize? We're September to September. That's like our academic year, let's put it that way. In December, you know, around Christmas time, you're, you're going to be pitching at your university or applying to us online. And that's so you can represent your university. If you get that award, you, you win that round of the competition – you come to one of 16 regional competitions around the globe. And then, again, that's, uh, that's going to happen in March, and that's about 50 teams at each regional, and we're going to take the top one team. You're going to be crowned as a champion of that regional, and then you're going to be moving from the regional to the Holt Price Castle. Now, there's a bit of a caveat because we're actually going to be taking 50 teams total. We just guarantee 15 spots in the regional, we also take some more teams online after the regionals has finished. Another segue and another thing that we're developing is these national programs. So you can win also to represent your country. So you could represent Taiwan or you could represent Mexico. You could represent Nigeria. And then that gets you a ticket to the castle as well. That round, that's happening in March, April. And then the castles during the summer months. And then the final, again, we have at the United Nations every September. Okay. So each year, the whole prize has a topic. Uh, what's this year's topic? So this year, we're asking students, and this year's about 200,000 students we're asking to transform 10 million lives through the power of energy. So you've got to harness the power of energy to transform 10 million lives. 
And to be honest, that can go into many, many different directions, um, which is what we're quite excited because we're opening up a little bit more this year to, to see what creative ideas can come out around that topic. How do you choose the topics of each year? What's the process there? Right. So we, we work with the UNDP, so the United Nations Development Program. They set these goals, the Sustainable Development Goals. Um, and so we work with them. We also have our own sort of network of mentors that we, we work with to evaluate what's the biggest problem that we see today and also what problems have big business market opportunities. And so that goes through on a process for about four months. And then we release that actually at our grand final in September. For the next year. Yeah. So, so, it's, so it, it never ends. The cycle just keeps on going. Keeps going. All right. Could you give me a few examples of previous Holt Prize winners? For sure. So, so we can talk about a team here based in Taiwan. It's called Impact. They do coffee for the future. And so essentially, in 2015, President Bill Clinton issued a challenge to students around the world. How could you improve early childhood education? And they came up with this kind of, you'd say, semi-radical idea that we could run these early childhood education schools and we could make money off of running them. So you go into a, a low-income slum and you're saying, we could build a business here that's education-based. The twist on that as well is in the funding mechanism. They decided that they wanted to make this like an investment-worthy school so they could get people like ourselves to chip in $100, $200 and actually co-own this school that is then run for profit. And they're actually based here in, in Taiwan. And they also have, you know, two years later, they've expanded that to now be generating more revenues through selling coffee that's actually coming from those communities. So you've got, you got the farmers in those communities, the fathers generally, they're making coffee. So they're buying their coffee, they're then selling that here in Taiwan and online, as well as then taking that revenue and then putting it back into the community to run a for-profit school. And so that's their model. Interesting. In 2013, we issued a, a challenge around food security and safety, um, and the fact that millions or billions of people don't know when their next meal is coming, and that's a big problem. And in that year, 2013, a team called Aspire Food Group came up with this idea about producing cricket protein. So from, from uh, bugs, right, you get protein. And when you look at the statistics of how much water you require in return to what protein you get out, it, it's incredible. And so that's 2013 they won. They set up in Ghana essentially a micro-farming module to empower rural farmers there to be able to industrialize the production of, of certain uh, bugs like crickets. And, then, and so that's grown across Ghana pretty like significantly. It's, it's very incredible actually. And then at the same time, they've then marketed and become this, this huge company in the United States of selling the, cr the cricket protein powder to um, various food companies. And, um, I mean, when that translates back to the financial returns, this company is, is officially evaluated at over $100 million U.S. dollars based off of their last uh, round of financing. So... This is a real big business, to be honest, and, it, and it's, it's heading in a, in a great direction to you know, become, become an official unicorn uh, valued at over like a billion dollars. Like, so that's the trajectory of a team from 2013. 
Uh, which regions have been most represented in the whole prize so far? So we see a lot of growth in developing nations over the last couple of years. So originally it started like big presence in North America. And, but now we've seen Latin America, just some numbers like Mexico has gone from three programs to nine programs to like 40 programs. And it's like spreading across uh, the country. And then in India, it, it's booming. So South Asia, you've you got over 100 universities there. This year in the China region, we got up to 30 universities. Last year, we had seven. And so you see in a, in a number of different locations, it, it's growing dramatically. And even in the Middle East, now we've got three what we call national programs fully funded. So we're outside of our $1 million. We're going to also be giving uh, $100,000 U.S. to a team from Egypt and from Jordan and uh, Lebanon. So it's pretty much everywhere. There's also a whole prize Africa happening. So you see growth over there. We're going to have regionals this year in Nairobi, in Cairo, in Tunis, in Tunisia. And so it's, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's exponential growth. Last year, we had 50,000 students compete. This year, we're going to have 200,000. It's massive. It's, it, massive it's crazy. How are you guys dealing with that exponential growth, the scaling of just running the competition, running the prize? We're a pretty small team. There are about 10 people inside the core foundation team. But we rely on this massive network of student volunteers, essentially, to get the whole community going in all of these different cities. And, and uh, yeah, I don't know how it works sometimes. Like, you, you just get confused. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? Like, all of these students are involved, and, and you get amazing mentors. You, you have uh, celebrities uh, also, like, being involved. And so it's, it's pretty exciting. So what do you think are the, uh, the most pressing social issues? Well, personally, I mean, I may be a step away from the foundation right now, but personally... I think the biggest pressing issue is people in the developing world or with opportunities and resources not realizing the huge potential to just serve, to build businesses for. So if you would go back 50 years, right, and you're looking, you say you're in America or you're even, say, here in Taiwan, if you're an entrepreneur, you grew with that community uh, and that generation. And I think people in our generation, so I'm 26, if we can start building businesses that, that are building economies and infrastructures, so whether that's healthcare systems, education systems, or, or even just business, micro-business ecosystems, we can grow with them over our 40 years, 50 years as an entrepreneur. And that is where I think we can see a lot of social change. And so I, don't, I wouldn't want to pick like I think water is more important than energy or mm. education is the most important I would say it's just the fact that you've got to realize this is just a business opportunity. How about you, Simon? Well, so I would say the, the issue also depends on the region we're talking about. So while in some regions, for example, access to electricity will be a big problem, uh, in others it will be education. And in others it will be simply, I don't know, food waste, right? So uh, all depends, all depends uh, on, the, on the place we're talking about. That's the cool thing about Hall Price because it tackles issues all over the world. So you're kind of able to, whatever issue you see in your community, you can change it. Mm. What are some of the future plans Hall Price Foundation has? So the biggest thing that's coming out right now um, is these national programs. And so what we want to do is 
The global model has been very successful, and now we want to franchise that out so it's a specific country can set its own problem statement. It can then issue money to its own students, essentially its own local teams, and that's having um, like a big push right now. And so right now we've got about 20 of those programs around the world. And so that's uh, that's very new. We we started piloting that two years ago, and this year is when we've really ramped it up. That was my conversation with Simon Bielecki and Callum Porter Harris. If you're interested in learning more about the Hope Prize, visit their website at h u l t p r i z e dot org. If you want to get involved, even better. Follow the instructions online or reach out to Simon by finding his contact information. Even if you're older, it's worth checking out all the good students are getting up to these days. That's it for this week's Taiwan Talk. Hope you check in next week. I'm Alex Lewis.